WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Friday, January the 19th. Happy birthday, Liber, and a belated happy birthday to Brother Cosmo. 317-972-3008 is our listener line number. Again, our new listener line is 317-972-3008. On the show today, it's Friday. We'll have open lines and we can review. That's coming up a little later in the show. Just moments from now, our state lawmakers are in session, as you very well know. And so the first in our series of weekly visits with the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus starts today. So let's bring in our contributing analyst contributing analyst James I'm getting ahead of myself contributing analyst James Pryor so that we can get start up uh, James Pryor good grief James Patterson so that we can get going I'm a little rattled hey, today a little Tina. hey 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 I, I I guess I'm a little rattled today trying to hurry up and get going you know we, well at least you didn't call the current Buffalo uh, Bills quarterback Josh Allen uh, Kelly. At least you didn't do that. <laughs> no, somebody did that the other day. <laughs> no, but I, I'm excited because we are kicking off uh, uh, this first in the series of our, you know, our weekly, if not every other week, uh, meeting with members of the yeah. IBLC who graciously uh, sit in with us uh, and talk to the community directly uh, during their session. Um, and first up is uh, Indiana State Representative Cherish Pryor. Uh, she is the floor leader for the Indiana House Democratic Caucus, nationally recognized for her legislative prowess. And um, just uh, an all-around good person. We love talking to yes, uh, Representative Pryor. Representative Pryor, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you all for uh, having me and uh for your continued uh, efforts to have the Black Caucus members come on your show. And, James, thank you for uh, uh, welcome to the prior family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, thank you. Thank you, Reverend Pryor. Um, yeah, James listen, Pryor. Hey, that's a P. good thing. Pryor, I yeah. worst families, I'll tell yeah, you. I'll tell you. P. Patterson Pryor, I, <laughs> hey, I, I have to pull it together on a Friday. It feels almost like a Monday today. My goodness. I time. know. This cold weather will have you thinking everything. I'm here to it's tell you. Crazy. I'm here to tell you. It is. Are you, are, are you staying warm? Uh, you're not out out and about are you i am i have some uh, things to do you know with us being in session um it, it really only allows me uh a friday to to get a lot of stuff done so mm, yeah. i'm just running some errands today all righty well speaking of session and james uh, i'll let you lead yeah. uh, since you're a member of the prior family now so I'll, let you, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you i'll let you have ask the first question of the representative go ahead james. Uh, okay yeah I, now i've got something i want to get to uh, down the line here representative prior involving uh minority business certification that story right there that's popping up that i saw um but let's start mm-hmm. with the buses yes oh, ma'am yeah. let's start with the buses first uh senate bill 52 uh this is our buddy our friend uh your colleague uh senate uh i think it's uh aaron freeman yeah senator aaron freeman i believe yeah it's senator uh, uh, no that was Sen- isn't senator Byrne. the buses 
No, uh, yeah, he is too, Tina. You're right. Oh, you're okay, right. both you're of them. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm both sorry. Both of them. Yeah. No, no, no. Two bus bills. One. Oh, one. Okay. Two. Yeah, would alter plans. They haven't started constructing it. Constructing it. Oh, yet. okay. You know? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes, ma'am. The red line is going, and um, they're working on the purple line feverishly, and the blue line, which would go between Hendricks County and Hancock County, basically from. Hancock County all the way to the airport is planned. And, you know, I know we had the, the thing with the CEO leaving uh, Inez Evans, but it's planned. Senate Bill 52 uh, would get rid of the dedicated lane for the buses. And I want to ask you, Representative Pryor, where you stand on this and what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, Senator Freeman brought it up last year. It it didn't really go anywhere in the House. It passed the Senate, but didn't get anywhere. You're in the House. What do you think about this effort this year to be, and there was a large turnout, by the way, just a little underlying large turnout of people uh, of all races who are against this bill, uh, you know, because uh, people are getting hit by cars. They want to run up and down Washington Street. Uh, mm-hmm. So your thoughts, your thoughts, Representative. Uh, I, I'm not supportive uh, of that bill. You know, I do know um, Senator Freeman, and um, I just think that, you know, we're legislators. Our focus should be on um, state legislative policies, and we need to let the locals do what the locals do. We are not a glorified city county council. Or a glorified, mm. well, I guess some of some people think that they are glorified city county council members mm. or glorified school board members. Um, but yeah. we passed um, a referendum to help out Indigo, and um, they have worked hard to try to get those federal dollars and a federal match. And um, people, if people are concerned, they have their um, their city county council people. Yeah. Um, that they can go to and express their concerns. I do not think that we need to be getting involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Micro micromanaging, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and that goes uh, for the bill that Senator Baldwin has as well. Uh, yeah, Senator Byrne. This is Senator oh, Baldwin. Byrne. Okay, is it Baldwin? But anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's Baldwin. It's, I think it's, it's Baldwin. It's messed up because the, <laughs> it is because who in their right? It's voter suppression uh, that it yeah. screams and reeks of voter suppression. Not only that, I mean, and it's not even statewide. It's voter suppression right here in the city of Indianapolis, in the heart of the city of Indianapolis, where transit, uh, you know, thrives. That's where transit yeah. lives. And so what yeah, are you, what what else are you doing but trying to yeah. I mean, I'm still mad about it but I just it, it, Yeah, Tina, you're you right. Know, it, yeah. it is I don't know that we would have these concerns if a different political party was in was in control mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Absolutely. what what are the what are the chances really, of really are micromanaging anything that the Republicans don't want can't get done um locally or or, or against locally uh-huh. or they can't get through locally they go call their um senators up and then we see something um negatively impacting marion county it it has been continual from taking away um or in changing votes on the uh, airport board um to trying to change 
um, some of the appointments where we have even changing the appointments on the capital improvement board. It's just an all-out um, effort to try to control Marion County as much as possible at the state level because there's not Republican tr- control and exactly. in Marion County at exactly. the local level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what, what uh, yeah, Representative Pryor uh, and what Tina are talking about, what we're talking about, Senate Bill 52, which would alter the blue line, which would be unrecognizable from the red line and the purple line because the buses would be just plain running like they're doing now without a dedicated line. And Senate Bill 187, which we were talking about, has the audacity to say that uh, Indigo, the public bus system here, cannot, could not, on election day, uh, give free rides. Free rides. Free rides. So, well, so okay, yeah, that's Brian's bill. And I yeah. think he's very new. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's just one. He's in the last It's been a lot of changes over at the legislature. Yeah, that's um, fine. This is, this is a voter. This is a voter um, suppression uh, bill. Uh-huh. It, yeah. They should if 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 the bus system in any city wants to provide um, free bus fares to people to get to the polls, yeah. they should be allowed to do that. Indiana has one of the worst voter turnouts in the country. Yep. And if we are able to uh, increase that number, we should be allowed to. But, again, this is really voter suppression because the majority of the bus uh, systems are in some, are in the cities that have a majority either Democrat and or minority population. Yeah. yeah. So this is, uh, you know, just reeks of, of voter suppression in mm-hmm. trying to make sure that um, Democrats and minorities um, do not vote. Yeah. If a, yeah. you know, and um, there are the county parties do provide um, uh, people to come up and take take people to the polls to vote as well. But if the buses go, or can do that and they're accessible, particularly to the people that ride the buses all the time, why wouldn't they want them to have a free day? Yeah. Well, here's the other thing too. Would the fairness argument doesn't hold up uh, because the That's you know right. the the argument that and James, I think you brought this out too. Try putting some public transit in some of these rural areas and see how much resistance you get. Okay, that's number one. Number two, um, it is a, a foregone conclusion that if you live in a rural area, you have transportation because you can't live there without transportation. So right, that's absolutely that's yeah. absolutely true. So and I grew up in I grew up in rural Mississippi. Rural, rural, rural Mississippi on a dirt road in Mississippi. <laughs> okay. And okay. we have, we have, we didn't have public transportation. Yeah. But my grandparents yeah. and everyone in my family got to the polls and voted. Yeah. 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 And yeah. if someone needed transportation or help or elderly person that was really, that was older and couldn't drive, mm. um, then someone picked them up. 
So yeah. you're absolutely right, Tina, mm-hmm. um, that it's a, it's a totally different situation. You're comparing apples to oranges. You really are. And I, I too, grew up in that. I mean, it, it wasn't rule, rule, but, you know, I guess by a lot of it. But the, the point being that if somebody didn't have a ride, somebody else made sure you had a ride. Um, and yeah. that's that's just how our community was. Uh, you know, it was based mostly African-American in a small town in southern Indiana. But on Election Day, everybody had a ride. And if you didn't, somebody's telling somebody, hey, go get sister so-and-so or go over and see about Mr. So-and-so. You know, they, it was always done. It was always yeah. done. So, there, you know, there was transportation. The other thing is some of these um, these initiatives that Indigo uh, is rolling out. They're sponsored, so they're not even using Indigo funds to do it. That's right, and then plus they but, charge to ride the bus, so yeah, that's some of their yeah. their resources too. It all, doesn't but, all come from public dollars. No, but they have community <laughs> partners that 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 buy that pay that underwrite the cost of this, just yeah. you know, but just again, as a community that, service. Yeah, but again, it's it's voter suppression. It's just a it's attempts to get as to Make sure that as as least people mm-hmm. are qualified to and registered to vote as possible. Yeah. I mean, um, it, and it's not just this; uh, it's even absentee ballots. Making it was the last session. Oh yeah, yeah. Before mm-hmm. last, mm-hmm. we put additional. Well, I won't say we because I voted against it when uh, Republicans added additional restrictions on mm-hmm. absentee voting. So we don't want people to. Uh, to, to ride the bus for free to go vote, and we're gonna make it harder for these people to vote absentee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean that just that means that equals we don't want you to vote. It sure does. They know that. So so so, Representative, what what are the chances that any of these get any uh, get any traction down there? Um, they may have a better chance, I think, in the Senate than um, they have in the House. Uh, and when I, and I say Republicans, I will say all Republicans do not agree with um, some of yeah. the, um, mm. I think it'll, the, particularly the blue line, maybe a little bit harder to get the blue line out of the House. Now, the uh, 187, again, that's a voter registration, uh, voter suppression bill, mm. and Republicans, Every every year, um, there okay. is an additional okay. bill to do vote, voter suppression. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is it's another one, and so it's a fifty fifty. I would say greater than a fifty percent chance that it 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 could pass. Oh, it could pass. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless unless they keep up the pressure, you know, on that and and bring it to the public. Um, there was a large turnout for that. Uh, against the people speaking against the bill, uh, Senate Bill 52, that would change the yeah. way the blue line, mm-hmm. uh, you know, would, would go into a, mm-hmm. a, a fed. Mm-hmm. But uh, 187, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's got a hearing or yet, yet, but the people, a lot of people don't know about this uh, so much. Like you said, Byrne is, I think he got elected in, if I read right, 2022. He's new. So, if the the more pushback on this, I think he'll have a difficult time because it's voter suppression. And Tina, I said Wednesday, I believe that it's unconstitutional. Um, but 
you know, they, they, they do what they can do and they'll do what they will do as, as, as long as uh, they, mm. they can garner the support to do it. Yeah, something so blatant yeah. as that should not be allowed to walk, though. I mean, it, yeah, it, it just... and, and, you know, I don't know if that if 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 the bill gets a hearing, um, you know, we j- j- let's just hope it doesn't get a hearing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, indeed. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about and and again, our if you want to, our, our guest is uh, Indiana State Representative Cherish Pryor. Uh, she is with the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus, of course, as well as the. Uh, floor leader for the Indiana House Democratic Caucus. Um, the House uh, and the Senate for the state of Indiana are both in session as we speak. Um, the line, if you'd like to call in, uh, 317-972-3008. Again, 317-972-3008. Representative Pryor, uh, the GOP has a supermajority. Uh, you know, the, you know we, we've known about that for a while. Um, and it's even more frightening to think of who's running for governor <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, who is leading in the polls. But that, all of that aside, how long do you think it could be or what would it take to start chipping away at that, that GOP supermajority so that we can start really getting uh, the legislature back to where it needs to be, the state legislature back to where it needs to be? I'm not saying a democratic, democratic, I'm not saying democratic majority or whatever. It's just a, a balance to where folks have to talk to each other and there has to be give and take and there has to be compromise and folks can listen to, you know, governing, getting back to governing. You know, Tina, I, I would love to say that um, we will get there with the upcoming election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Republicans, um, the way that they have gerrymandered, um, the districts and, mm-hmm. and so many of them being and not being competitive, yeah. um, it just makes it really difficult. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and in really a lot of education and a lot of um, efforts to register people to vote and make, making mm-hmm. sure that people actually go out and vote. Um, our mm-hmm. turnout, I think if, if we could get a better uh, turnout of voters, we could do, we could chip away pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the turnout is just so small. So with the turnout and with, with the redistricting, it makes it really difficult. Mm. Yeah. 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 And what that's... About, uh, mm. well, go ahead. Um, well, Tina, I was going to say... I didn't mean to be the downer on. No, no, because I was saying on the show yesterday that it may be as long as 10 years, you know, the next census or something, you know, eight or nine years and, you know, have a shot. No, and that's that's a legitimate point. And I think that that is uh, that is true. Um, The challenge is going to be Republicans still being in control of the legislature again, gerrymandering the maps. Uh, in twenty in twenty thirty, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you know, Representative Carter, I mean, and, and Tina, this this is what I think you both are saying, and, and and Tina and I have said this at least for the last few years, and that is that people are just not showing up to vote. We don't have a voter registration problem; it's a voter turnout problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if if this is the 
20 to 35 years old, year old. I don't know. I haven't studied it. Maybe Cherish Pryor has, um, but I don't know who's not turning out what age group. Maybe their children will. I mean, you got you guys pass a law where you've got to teach civics. They have to teach civics. Oh, some people say government. I'm correcting me, government. But, you know, mm-hmm. back in my day, they called mm-hmm. it civics. Um, and so maybe their children will, will, will vote. Uh, because they're not doing it. Their minds are on something else. A lot of them are being told it doesn't make a difference. We had one guy call in at the gas station buying a lottery ticket. Why should I vote? Nothing changes. Everything stays the same. Well, tell us. Tell us, Representative Pryor, why should they vote? Why should a young person like him vote? Well, um, people lose elections every year by one vote. Every year. And when people don't vote, they are allowing other people to dictate and determine Mm -hmm. the trajectory of their lives. And so people can make a decision. Do I want to stay at home and not vote and let all these people who have, don't, who do not have my best interest in heart speak for me? Or do I go out and vote and show that I do care about what is happening in my life and what is happening in my community. Um, And I would hope that people will say, I want to be, I I can make a difference if I go out and vote. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing too is I think, you know, we do have the civics in school, um, the, the new requirement there. I'm, you know, we're dealing with another issue even, uh, where we don't even require our kids to learn cursive in school. Mm-hmm. And I recently learned that some kids don't even know how to print. Oh, uh, so we are, we are it's, it's just a total regression, it seems like, in having an educated uh, citizenry. Mm-hmm. You know, when my grandparents, uh, my grandparents, although did not have a college education, they could read and they could write. Mm -hmm. Um, And now everything is, is moving towards artificial intelligence and we're consistently moving standards and things in the classroom. So, you know, kids are not the basics. It seems like the basics that we, we learned is not even being taught in school anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, some of the um, some of the focus of on the you know of the IBLC this session, I think it's safe to say one of the focuses every session uh, is always education. Is that fair? Um, and then I'm sure there are others, but uh, you know what's what's the uh, what's the outline for this particular session? So um, this year, our um, agenda is housing, and so, housing. Um, that, so we had um, um, criminal justice one year. We've had um, uh, several. I can't remember what all we've had all the various years, uh, but this year uh, we're focus- focusing on housing, and several of us have be presented mm-hmm. um, or housing bills um, that oh, we good. Good. have hoped that would move. Uh, for instance, my bill on discriminatory practices in appraisals. Uh, Representative Summers has a bill. 
that um, would say that would prohibit someone to put a putting a lien on your property uh, if if it's medical debt because um, we're finding that some people uh, who you know you have go through a, a major medical mm-hmm. challenge in your life and then you have a lien put on on your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so several of us um, have uh, bills dealing with uh, dealing with housing. Good, good, good. And um, so, the the fact that this is a, a shorter session, that what what you know, does that mean anything different? Or I mean, I know it's you know, a session is a session, but in any special concerns because it's shorter session? Yeah. So this year, um, we we have a limit. The, the House has always had a limit of five bills that we could introduce. This year, the Senate also set a limit uh, of five years. And and this this session is also going to be a much shorter session because we started uh, a week late. And so we, it's really um, us trying to get all of our work done mm-hmm. in a much more compressed um, period of time. Um, we still have to go through all of the process, the first reading, second reading, third reading, bill switches, and, and go through the other house and first, second, and third. And so we still have all those dates and timelines that we have to meet, but in a much more compressed um, time frame. So a shorter mm-hmm. short session. It's a shorter <laughs> short. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't have we, – we're not dealing with um, – the budget this year, so we don't have to. We don't have to have pass a a, um, a budget this year. Mm-mm. But uh, the Republicans, they do have um, some uh, bills that are priority bills for them. Um, and you, in one of those bills, uh, you are probably have heard about is holding back um, third graders if they don't pass the read test. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, that is one of their priorities bills that is a concern uh, for the Democrats and a lot of us in the minority community because it's really going to affect uh, minority students. So even if you are a straight A student in, in your homework, mm-hmm. uh, in your material in the classroom, you know, they want to hold you back because you don't take past uh, the the uh, the standardized test. The challenge is a lot of people and a lot of kids don't take tests well. I yeah. never took tests well. Uh, same here. Never took tests. Never ever took tests well. Same here. Um, and, and they have yeah, never I'm, been represented. They have never been a gauge of cognitive ability just because you can't take a test well. Not. Yeah. Even even with the um, the ACT and the SAT test, some colleges are moving away from those even being a requirement to get into their schools. Many of the it, in those a lot of those tests are not don't take into consideration the cultural differences between um, the various races. Yeah, you know there's there's, yeah. there's differences. Between uh, what I learn and I, I experience every day at home as an African American of the Hispanic community have their, their value in their culture, and so all of these, they, it, it, and how you communicate and speak with one another, 
mm-hmm. um, it's it's different. Yeah, and it's if you don't bad. read the, and, 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 I mean, and that's those are the things that make this country so great. Those differences yeah. that we all bring, but we have a standardized test that really only um, targets culturally one group yeah. out of all of them, mm-hmm. out of all culturally. Culturally, yes, yeah. it's targeting one group that's not in that culture. And let's say you, you don't understand the question or the explanation as read. I mean, it's not like you couldn't understand. It's just that as it's printed out in front of you, you yeah. don't get it. That doesn't mean you're stupid or you're not, you know, don't have the cognitive ability. It just means that you don't understand how that question was formed. But um, I don't know how much time Tina's going to give us with you, but I want to get my question in about black business certification. Now, I understand this legislation is headed to a study committee, but still, this caused an uproar, too. A bill written by Senator Liz Brown, a Republican from Fort Wayne, would would force all political subdivisions in the state to accept certification of a minority business enterprise, and here we go again, Representative Pryor, by the Indiana Department of Administration, taking away the local uh, kind of parameters for local what is control. a yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. How do yeah, you feel about this that? This is a major. This bill um, has is is a is a problem, um, and we met uh, me, Senator Taylor, and I. I think maybe Representative Porter uh, met with the Indiana Chamber of Commerce because this bill is a bill and a priority of the Indiana Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. They asked Senator Brown to carry the bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Plot thickens. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and she agreed <laughs> she agreed she agreed to, to carry the bill. But we met with them. And Senator Taylor has a lot of knowledge and experience with minority certification because that is that's something that he does. Uh-huh. And he was explaining. Oh, and we also concerned clergy. Pastor David Green also was on the, the phone call as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were explaining to uh, the gentleman from the Indiana Chamber of Commerce the negative impacts that that will have on. Minority communities, because some, particularly in Indianapolis, um, there have been businesses that have been denied certification with the city of Indianapolis, and then they go to the state and they get certified. Mm. Indianapolis has a robust program where they will actually go and um, go to your establishment to do your certification. So Indianapolis has a much more robust robust program than the state has. Mm-hmm. Well, so give us some example of a company that might go to the, uh, the the city of Indianapolis and get denied minority certification and then go to the state. I mean, are well, there evidence? Yeah. From my understanding, from my understanding, that's kind of what happened. There was a, uh, a WB business that got denied from the state. And went to, uh, got denied um, from the city, went to the state and got certified. But they were upset that they got denied from the city. And, you know, I guess maybe have some type of relationship with the um, Indiana Chamber of Commerce, what that is. I don't know where they sit on board. I, I'm not sure about that. But um, that they had that complaint in this bill 
is a result of that particular business that was denied at the city or got certified at the city. And, and the history, as you know it, are there examples of businesses who have put minorities who are recognized as minorities by, say, a local municipality like Indianapolis and put them as front people, yet the, the business is really owned by other kind of other other groups of people, not 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 minorities. Um, that, that's certainly a possibility. I don't know that that was the situation that precipitated this particular bill, but I think that that does happen. But I think that's the importance of having a certifica- certification program like the city of Indianapolis has to make sure that doesn't happen. So that you you're going in, you're looking at your documents to make sure. Um, who the the minority person, whether you're a minority classified as a woman, a veteran, or a racial minority, make sure that the person that has the control of the company is that racial minority. Make sure that the paperwork is showing that they are the 51% owner, and someone else isn't there sitting there answering all the questions and. You know, you're saying that you own the company, mm-hmm. but you know nothing about the business. You know nothing about yeah. the financials. Mm-hmm. You know nothing about the operations. You can't say how many employees that you have in in, in the business. You know, those are the things that the city of Indianapolis can find out with their cert- through their certification program. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Well, Representative Pryor, uh, we are just a few minutes over from what we usually get. And I know Fridays again are pretty busy for you. You know what, Tina, whatever y'all want. Okay. Well, you know what? You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. But, but I I do want to ask if you could share if, if our, you know, because we always encourage listeners and everyone to get involved uh, at any level and every level that they possibly can. So what can folks do uh, to get involved in the session? And, you know, where can they go to find out information? How can they get a hold of you? Just just some resources for our listeners who want to know and keep track of what's going on down there at the state house and, and do their part as well. What what are some of the resources? Um, the, one of the probably the best resource is um, the Internet. You okay. can go to IGA.IN.GOV. Um, all of our sessions are live streamed. All of our committee meetings are also live streamed as well. So you um, can see those live streamed. The other thing that you can do on that website is sign up to testify on bills that are heard in committee that are of interest to you. We have a calendar Generally, um, our calendars probably come out Thursday or Friday to give you an idea of what the bills are going to be heard uh, the following week. Now, bills can get added or taken away Mm -hmm. or committee meetings can be added uh, as well. So it's important to make sure that you uh, continue to look at at that website. Yeah. But... Um, you, but the information is there for people um, to actually see, so that you know if there's something that you're really concerned about. You know, uh, you want to come down to testify. You can. The other thing is, you, if you want to write your legislator, elected official, um, you can do that from the website as well. Um, you can also um, call us or call our office. Our number is on there. Uh, also, so 
there's various ways to participate in the process. And I think it's important for our community to do that Yeah. Um, on bills that, um, that people are concerned about. And it's IGA.IN.org? Dot gov dot gov I'm dot, sorry dot yeah. gov dot, dot gov yeah. iga dot in, in dot, gov. dot gov yeah yeah um and then the number you know you know call and and you know this is the other thing you all are not inaccessible call you email you talk to you directly because that that's how you know that's how things get done you know and folks should it not is. be shy they shouldn't and the number for the Indiana State House is three one seven Two three three five two nine three. That's the Indiana State House. Okay. It's your house. It's our house. It's everybody's house. We <laughs> you, and you know it because the taxes That's look at your taxes. Yeah, it's tax your time. Tax bill is paying for it. There you go. Yeah. And I'm telling you, <laughs> Indiana gets their fair <laughs> share. So uh we'll definitely make sure that everyone uh has that um information. Representative Pryor, thank you again so much. And you know, maybe we can have you back again before the session ends. We really appreciate it. Next up, yeah. uh next week is uh the Senate, Senator uh, Greg Taylor. Uh, is going to be with us. Yeah, 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 he's going to be with us on the 26th, and so we look forward to visiting with him. But thank you, um, as thank always, you. and uh, we'll be in touch shortly. Okay, sounds good. All right. Be safe out there. All right, you too. Yeah, thank you. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, open lines, and we can review 317-972-3008. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. <laughs> James Patterson, our contributing analyst. James just had a, uh, a good conversation with um, uh, Indiana State Representative Cherish Pryor, uh, the first of several. Uh, to come uh, during this current legislative session now underway at the State House. Uh, as you know, um, uh, a longstanding tradition here at WTLC uh, on, in AM 1310 uh, that they come on on Fridays and uh, Fridays during the session and, and just, you know, bring us up to date on, on what's going on down there. And uh, Representative Pryor kicked it off. Next week is going to be uh, Senator Greg Taylor, so we're going to we hear from the House this week. Next week we're going to hear from the Senate, uh, but I suspect James, a lot of the concerns are going to be the same. The IBLC is a hard, hard, hard working group of folks, but uh, you know, and and they do a lot. It's amazing what they're able to do, especially with the deck that is so stacked against them. And James is not there. Okay, we must have lost him. Uh, well, James, when uh, when you come back, yeah, uh, okay, I am here. <laughs> and I where where you been? That. Where where'd you go, man? Where'd you go? <laughs> my mute, my mute button, my mute button. Okay, when we go on commercials, I got to talk to AJ. Uh-huh. Sometimes I can hear you guys talking. So um, I, you know, I just want to make sure you guys don't hear me sneezing or anything over here during the break. Mm -hmm. So um, he's got me on hold. I can hear the commercials, but sometimes I can hear you guys um, discourse too. So I just. We weren't weren't yelling at each other. (laughs) (laughs) We were okay. (laughs) No, no, no. I know you are. I know you are. 
But listen, I as to Representative Pryor, you were asking me when I was on mute, yeah. and I thought she did an outstanding job of explaining. She does. Um, yeah. yeah, that what they face, particularly when they're in the super minority, and how another plea from another Indiana lawmaker, um, uh, minority lawmaker for people to please, please, please come out and vote when the time comes. It's a perpetual responsibility for all of us. We can't take elections off. No. And and kudos to the people who go out and vote like you and AJ every single election. Mm. But we need more people to participate. I don't care what your, what your political fo- affiliation is. Don't sit it out because that's why we live in this special land that we do. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, very well said, very well said. Uh, 317-972-3008. James, a lot of stuff to review that we've had uh, this short week, the King holiday, of course. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, was Monday. And then, boy, it doesn't feel like it. I mean, it's, it's, no, yeah. and it goes but so fast. It, it really, it really, really does. But we, you know, we, we talked about a whole lot yesterday. um we had the uh, uh, the uh, the the uh, response team, the community response, uh, the the clinician led community response team, you know, for mental health crises for uh, folks in Marion County. Um, the the coverage area is small but growing. Uh, right now, it's focused in downtown and is, is slowly expanding to the east side. Uh, but the fact that they're in place and up and running is is a huge start, and I I just couldn't be happier. Especially yeah. with what we heard, um, you know, from the uh, uh, from the city and from uh, Stepping Stones, uh, and of course it's a collaboration be- between the city's um, health and safety uh, office of public health and safety and uh, the uh, the Stepping Stones. So um, yeah, it's it's a lot, and uh, you know, a whole lot more, and we'll we'll get to that shortly. But right now, um, as we said, we're we're going to open the lines three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Lifestyles with Eric, how are you? Happy, happy Friday. It's Lifestyles. What's going on, everybody? Hey, James. Hey, Tina. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Lifestyles. <laughs> hey. I, I, I didn't, I, I'm not, I know I've said this before, but I, I'm not calling to bash our city. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing for All-Star Weekend? Why aren't the streets fixed downtown, at least downtown? So that when people come to visit our town, I know it's cold, but they could have gotten that straightened out a couple of months ago. I'm not, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm not complaining about the city of Indy. I'm saying downtown, if they would have had every street downtown paved, it would have made the city look so good because all the festivities are going to be mainly downtown. So, again, it seems like, again, we're cheating people out of their money. We're slapping a little paint on some stuff. We're doing some graffiti. We're, 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 we're going to, you know, put this there and then invite all these millionaires to come to our town and, 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 and party and spend money. But it's really aesthetically just not ready. We're not ready. But we keep getting these big deals. When are we going to stop uh, putting Band-Aids on stuff so that people can really say, we got a nice-looking city? Mm. Yeah. Well, so well, well, saying, not uh, not well, meaning I mean, to I, change what you're saying. What are your thoughts about the uh, full court basketball, uh, full size basketball court that they they uh, constructed out at the airport? 
Tina, I heard you mention that, and I think that's awesome for people getting off the airplane or before they go back on. But, again, all the festivities will be mainly downtown. And all I'm saying is if I was a guy just visiting this town and I had a little change and I just wanted to, you know, see how the city was, let me ride around, if, if the streets are clean and it's not bad out here, I would at least expect for the downtown to be spectacular. Um, our downtown's not spectacular. We could have worked yeah. on this three or four months ago when it was still nice out here. Well, what, and the, we, the signage and the, uh, yeah. what were they? Yeah, okay. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Lifestyle. That's all we're, it just, it just seems like we, when the so 500 what, comes, what, yeah. what's the uh, general condition with your observation? What What is the general condition of the streets in downtown Indianapolis at this time? Oh, James, the... <laughs> the one thing right that, okay, so I I think that there, um, which is I don't think has anything to do with it, but I think somebody's trying to cut out the no turning on red thing. Okay, I think somebody's trying to change that, but not only that's not a big big deal. But I'm to be honest with you, I hate driving downtown to go anywhere downtown because the streets are freaking horrible. It, again, if it was just the downtown, let's just say our downtown streets were all paved every which way, Washington Street, Delaware, Pennsylvania, uh, all the Maryland, um, Meridian, downtown. If everything around that area was paved and smooth and not lumpity lump, 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 I think that at least people wouldn't, because they may not travel around the whole city, but at least they'd say, you guys got a nice you know, pretty decent downtown. I just think we keep putting Band-Aids. Every year we get big big conventions. We get to 500. Um, 16th Street Bridge is horrible by Long's Bakery. And you would think that they'd even have that straightened out, at least 16th Street for the 500 people. We just keep getting all these big deals, but we're not. I think that we're cheating people out of their money. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, I appreciate that whoever is able to get those business, that business to our city, because Lord knows we need it. But I just feel like we're cheating the people that are coming here to visit, to spend money on our city because they don't have anything to spend money on. That's just, I mean, that's just my point. Um, if we would have legalized marijuana, I'm just saying, um, we could at least give them some kind of recreation if that's what they're into. And, and we'd be making money. We'd have money for the streets. We'd have a lot of extra money for the streets. So at then we would have no, there would be no excuse for uh, the money's just not there because that's what we're going to keep saying. Because remember, you told me, Tina, as far as pe- money's being redirected and, uh, you know, there's certain monies allocated for county and city. So if we at least opened up marijuana, it sold marijuana at least, even if it was just medical, I think that the city could at least benefit from that money and make the city pretty again. I want to see the city of Indianapolis nice again. I'm from here. I remember when this city used to be one of the best in the country and not just Fishers, Carmel, or Westfield. I'm not from there. I'm from the inner city. And it didn't used to be the ghetto. It was just the inner city. I'm done with my spiel. And that's, that's is, just. Is it that oh, bad, Lifehouse? Is it that bad? To, to me, it is, yes. It's just driving up 38th Street going to the east side. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Our city is broken up and it's in shambles. I'm just, I'm disappointed. I get it. I see what some people are trying to do um, as far as with uh, the transportation thing with the Indigo and the Metro bus yeah. going down the middle of the 38th Street. I mean, I don't agree with that either, but 
uh, we're just this city's just not looking itself anymore. And it and it seems like the powers that be are just pushed passing the buck. Oh well, they said they'll make us some sidewalks. So let's just go ahead and let them put an electric bus down the middle of the street and tear up the street and make it one lane on both sides. Yeah, that just makes a lot of sense. And let them, you know, Meridian College, Mm -hmm. now East 38th Street. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's horrible. I want our city to get it back together some sort of way. We need some extra money. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's the bottom line. We need some extra money. We need to find out where we can, I guess, until they do legalize it. Uh, marijuana, maybe we just need to find some extra bucks so that we can get this city spank it on the butt and get it back together. Yeah. That's it. That's All it. right, lifestyles. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the, here's the thing: uh, when you talk to people in the know uh, regarding uh, convention, the uh, uh, bidding, and things of that nature, Indianapolis consistently ranks right up there at the top. Uh, as not only, you know, one of the premier places to come for events like this, uh, but in terms of convenience, uh, cost, when you look at the criteria that goes into making such a decision, Indianapolis consistently ranks in the top three, four, or five. I mean, without a doubt, across the board. If it did not, it would not continue uh, to secure things as as large as like you know from the super bowl down to the uh, the the nba also and i'm not saying down to uh you know starting with the pan am games the super bowl uh the the nba all-star game and everything else in between uh they they talk about you know when you're when you're looking at how a city uh submits a bid uh you know a a convention uh bid or uh an event bid um Indianapolis has more than I mean the biggest knock on Indianapolis from what I understand uh, was hotel uh, you know upscale hotel space uh, yeah. that was huge um, and since then that has been corrected and has really gone you know full force and has never really stopped they've never really stopped building uh, high-end hotels since uh, the Super Bowl so yeah. I understand where lifestyles is coming from I really do but I don't think that when it comes to meeting the criteria and what these um, these committees and these commissions that are deciding what event goes where, I don't think that what he's talking about uh, mm-hmm. is anything that Indianapolis scores poorly on. You know, Lifestyles, you made a fair point. You um, made a very fair point, yes. I, I, I just like to put this little ancillary point in there, this little, this little connected point regarding accessibility to the attractions downtown yeah, which you yeah, mentioned yeah. bring in all of these uh conventions including um every year uh, oh my goodness, the, the yeah. same ones you ease, know the, the farmers, ease of use yeah FFA. yeah the farmers and what's that one that uh, the firefighters that, come here every year uh there used to be assemblies of god used to be here every i mean it uh the uh, gen, con, gen con go to gen con gen yeah con, that yeah. one i mean it's yeah. huge conventions i think I, he makes a fair point lifestyles but i think the sellability that seems to be working is Everything is within walking distance. That's true. Lucas That's Oil, true. That's true. Cambridge Fieldhouse, White River State Park, mm-hmm. NCAA, including the NCAA headquarters, Idle George, mm-hmm. uh, Museum of, of, of Western Art. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, I mean, they've even got that sky bridge between 
the Hyatt and the convention. The yeah. Indiana, I didn't they're say the Indiana Convention them. Center, which mm-hmm. they're expanding. Yeah. And the, the Indiana Convention Center and Lucas. I mean, you could Lucas Oil Stadium. You could go to these places without some of these places, some mm-hmm. without having to even go outside, without uh, driving. You don't have to leave. You don't have to leave outside. So, yeah. 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 The network yep. of uh, skywalks is. Um, I think it's second to only Minneapolis, Minneapolis. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it's only second to Minneapolis, which has a very established, very I mean, well established. There, you can you don't even have to go outside. No, you don't. Oh, when ever. you're downtown, out yeah. downtown. But there, but there's a reason, Indian, and, and that's that's the only thing I'm just saying. And when you look at the yeah. criteria, and when you look at when people who have been here, they've said that they loved it because yeah. everything was within walking distance. Everything was you know right there what they needed. You know the pricing was just right. Yeah, good point. Um, uh, the uh, the the uh, the rollout for the hospitality could not have been better, uh, and things of that nature. And so, uh, I, he, I, he has I, a fair point about the streets. He has he a very good point. point about the streets. It's just not that's not what's selling the city. It's not. Yeah. It's not the list yeah. of. It's not the criteria uh, that is uh, gaining and allowing the city to capture uh, all of these marquee events and therefore yeah. um, capture uh, the economy that they they want to capture. So. Um, and you know, good points on on both sides. I but I he wants the city to look better. I I do too. I, mean, I don't want to drive the, down the, the overall point that you make is it they're selling. I mean that the, the hotels it's are selling. selling up. Yeah, it's and, selling. And the conventions are coming. Yeah. And they're coming. And they're they're going to continue to come. And Indianapolis, we whatever uh, bid that they put out there, I guarantee you, it's always going to be competitive. Always. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they seem to have that pattern. I mean, to have that. Uh, that uh what do you call it that uh uh formula they, down they, pat yeah they got the formula yeah. they've they've uh they've really perfected the formula in, in a lot of ways hey yeah. let, let's take a quick break we'll be right back we're going to get to more of your calls 317-972-3008 317-972-3008 more community connection right after this WTOCAM W236 CR Indianapolis keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection brought to you by Child Advocates, your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310 95.1 FM. And we're back, we're back, we're back with Community Connection on this Friday, January 19th james patterson our contributing analyst is with us uh aj uh you and i you and i talk in between the breaks sometimes sometimes we talk on the air like we're doing right now yeah uh but uh you were uh you were just kind of adding a couple of thoughts as well uh you know like when you've come here for before you lived here Mm -hmm. your your impression uh and your feel for the city did not go beyond a certain uh area oh no uh, it definitely did not and when when super bowl came here in 2011 i was in college at ball state and or 2012 i think that was i was in college at ball state and a couple of my buddies came down here and we once we got out here we we got out the car on ohio and alabama and i don't think we ever went further north than alabama like mm-hmm. we, we we just stayed right there yeah or ohio street i should say we stayed right there in the super bowl village and i think that's what everybody's going to be doing for yeah. all-star weekend for the most part save the people that are probably travel up meridian to broad ripple yeah. for whatever it yeah, may they, be. you know you can go broad ripple mass ave but for the most part they're not too much you don't need that is not within a one to two mile square air area of, of where everything's taking place. You don't need to yeah, really go Yeah, and if place. they go up to Broad Ripple, 
you know, to the kind of entertainment district up there using College Avenue, which is a big thoroughfare going up there. That street's been redone recently, and it's it's not bad at all. So yeah. I, I know what you guys are saying about most visitors kind of concentrate their stay right in that downtown area. So yeah. Yeah, they, they should be okay. And they've perfected it uh, to a point. <laughs> yeah. uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau, they've all – everybody, you name them, they've, they've kind of perfected it. So when they put those packages together, it's a thing of uh, – it's a thing to see. Uh, 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Jeff, how are you doing? Good Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Hey, Happy Friday. Yep, TGIF. So, uh, Truly it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a few points I want to make, but I just kind of want to piggyback what Lifestyle is taking back. Uh, you know, in some ways he's right because we have been lagging behind other cities like Columbus, Ohio, and Charlotte, North, uh, North Carolina, and Tennessee. And, you know, and I had the pleasure of going to a bit where I met, you know, hung out with the mayor for a little bit. And he's, you know, he told me that with the game plan they all had set up that, to really revitalize downtown Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, we got a new couple of new hotels being built. Uh, they're utilizing the old uh, City Hall building that's probably going to break ground, I guess, at the end of the February or March. Uh, and, of course, you know, the, the convention center, the, the new soccer stadium that they're building. But, you know, I, I got some issues about that, especially with the, uh, the graveyard over there and some of the, you know, some of the, you know, the hollow ground that's over there. And uh, so anyway, but I think for what you explained to me, we're on the right path, but we, we have been lagging around. I mean, if you go to Carmel, how they develop Carmel, downtown Carmel, Carmel, Hamilton County, and Indianapolis is the state capital. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, some of that money, you come back to the city and, and uh, develop downtown. So we can't compete with the, uh, you know, the Chicago's and the Louisville's and the St. Louis. So Indianapolis is a city with a lot of potential, and I think that we're on the right path, but we are 25 years late. I mean, we were in the same boat as Austin, Texas, now they done boom. Nashville, Tennessee, the same same way. We could have been where they're at right now, but I don't know. I guess some people just feel like if you invest money in the, in the, in the city, that somehow you're giving money to, uh, how should I say this, uh, without being, uh, maybe there's a little bit too much diversity in downtown Indianapolis. That's why they didn't want to allocate the money. And they took that money to uh, safe havens, you know, enclaves like Karma or whatever. But anyway, but that that being said, I think he has a valid point, you know. I, because we do want to, I, the goal is to get another Super Bowl here as well as the Combines and the NBA uh, championship, had them keep coming back, whatever. But, you know, we've got two major franchises here, the Colts and the Pacers. So, yeah, we need to be a first-class city. And, but, hey, but what I really want to talk about is, real quickly is uh, the border, the border down there at, uh, 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 Mexico and uh, the United States. And I saw where Joe Biden, that's right, Joe Biden and the Republicans in the Senate Got us a border deal. Now, but guess who's mad about it, Tina and Jane? Guess who's upset about it? Mm-hmm. And I give you, a, I give you. A well, wait, the House is holding it. The House has declared that they're going to hold exactly. it up. Yeah. So and, and, yeah. Guess they, and guess where they're getting their marching order from? 
Well, Trump. again, yeah. So, um, so yeah, mm. because Republicans want this is an election year. They need a bogeyman. They need a bogeyman. Here come these brown people from south of the border. They're replacing us. Oh, we got to do something about it. They they need a, something to talk about, mm. like you all talk about, Tina. The caravan that never really materialized. But every election year, you know, here comes a great replacement theory. So. But when I hear a certain caller talking about Joe Biden ain't doing nothing about the board, it ain't Joe Biden. It's the MAGA Republicans. MAGA. The, not Republicans, but the MAGA Republicans. Those, the, 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 the white supremacist wing of the Republican Party. Well, you can fairly say that the white supremacists, you know, pretty much took over the, the GOP. And, and I guess it's getting a little taste of their own medicine. I, I watched that town hall with Nikki Haley. I found it so nauseating. This lady, who's running for president, don't even know basic U.S. history, James and Tina. Don't even know basic U.S. history. You're running for president, and you don't know basic history. Well, America didn't start as a racist nation. Uh, excuse me? Oh, let's just kill all these Indians. Then we're going to go to Africa and get these black folks over here, and we're going to work them to death because they were less than. And did you think after the after <laughs> After the Revolutionary War, did, did George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, did they give up their slaves? Nah. They better, there was too much money involved. Mm-hmm. Yes, capitalism is what kept black folks in bondage because they really live by that by that Constitution. Yeah. All men are created mm-hmm. equal. You know, we would have never, you know, that would have been nipped in the bud. But since capitalism and these guys wanted to stay rich, they, so, they, 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 no, no. So, but but here's the thing. Um, the uh, the border. Uh, I I, I want to get back to the the border issue because uh, sure. we have uh, we've had some pretty interesting conversations that the president wasn't uh, from uh, you know at least one caller in in particular that the president wasn't doing yeah. enough and that if 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 more wasn't done by the president to get that border situation straightened out that the president was going to lose reelection. Uh, and I don't think I'm exaggerating the the caller sentiments, uh, James. Uh, but yeah. here here's the thing, and I I don't know. I think that there may be some movement on this one, especially because the the Senate, the upper chamber, uh, is really bringing down the hammer on the House about this one, uh, and some very unlikely, uh, very unlikely uh, players. Um, are 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 you know kind of giving them a reality check, and especially the the House Speaker, the newly uh, appointed House Speaker. So that one may be um, religious fanatic, that, evangelical fanatic. Yeah, well, yeah, that. But you know what? Here's the thing: uh, governing is more. I, I think a lot of people that are 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 in these positions are learning, uh, especially with him, uh, the the Speaker, um, third in line to the presidency. Uh, that there's so many more responsibilities than just uh, pandering to uh, three or four in your, in, yeah uh, the ma- and the exactly, MAGA exactly. element. So uh, this one, I, I, I want to watch this one. I want to see how this one goes. Uh, James, what are what are your thoughts? Do you think that the Senate I, I, might be exactly able- what you're saying? Uh, he's in a bind. Like I say, he can mm-hmm. talk. He's a smooth talker. Yeah, uh, Mike Johnson, Speaker yeah, he Mike is. Johnson. Yes, he, he is. Yeah, Republican from Louisiana, but. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a good talker, but <laughs> talking is one thing; doing is something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah when you get into see, 
they just passed uh, today. I just saw Biden mm-hmm. sign the stopgap measure to keep the government from shutting down uh-huh. tonight at, at midnight. Right. And they kicked it can down the road till March. Mm-hmm. So, but still, March is coming. And so they're going to need to figure something out. The Republicans, the mega Republicans uh, who want to rule their little, little group of minorities, mm-hmm. 25 or so of them in the House, who say people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, the extremist who says she's not voting for any, none, I don't care what, um, aid for Ukraine. Uh, you know, not even if you get a border deal, but the most of them are saying if you get a border deal, they'll support uh, the, the aid for Ukraine and Israel. But they're in a bind because they're only the House. And if they don't come to a deal, the senators know this, the Republican senators know this, the government's going to shut down. And this is an election year. And if the Republicans shut the the government down in 2024, they're going to lose even more probably than they're going to lose already. So I think he's in a real bind. I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Frank, how are you? I'm doing fine, Miss Tina James. How are you doing? Hey, Frank, it's so good to hear from you and miss your voice. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. It's an honor to, to hear you say that. Uh, I, hate to be, I hate to complain and um, sound like I'm <laughs> complaining, but I, I understand that's the only way you're ever getting anything done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On the streets and the roads in your neighborhoods, uh, and especially in the minority ne- neighborhoods, uh, you're going to have to start, somebody's going to have to start paying that commuter tax. I don't know how many people you got over working over at the state house, city kind of building all around in the state here, hospitals and all the other business and stuff like that. Come out coming out of the Donald counties, do not pay commuter tax. And so and whoever who's behind that, I think the governor is whoever who's behind that deal right there, that he can get something done there through executive order to because I worked at Avon and I paid commuter tax. Now, driving Avon in Plainfield and see, tell me about the streets and roads out there. I can tell you right now, they're good, in good shape. Well, so, they're, they're not as heavily used either. Uh, not even a fourth of the traffic they, do they see that we see here in Marion County. So that, that helps as well. Well, you still don't need that commuter tax. Yeah, the, you're right. You're right. I, I don't disagree. They, they, they should. Hopefully one day they'll get it. I'm praying. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the governor. I think it's the individual representatives that don't want and, that to be on their, you know, be on their county. Yeah. Right. Backed by the governor. But backed, I don't know if he, would, governor, if he yeah. would even, um, you know, be with them or against them on it. You're right. It's hard to tell. Hard to tell. 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. And we've had uh, that uh, conversation for years, James. We have. I mean, for years. And... He, Go ahead. It's not fair. Yeah, I was going to say it's a matter of fairness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at Michigan Road, Meridian Street, um, College Avenue. Just from in the morning during the beginning, you can start at 6 o'clock, and they're coming down that road. They come down these roads from the north, from the south, 65 out of Johnson County, uh, from the west. Hendricks County, from the east, Hancock County, they come out on 70 all day and all evening going back. They come and use these roads, but particularly our streets. Now, I'm not putting the interstates in in here because those are the federal government's uh, responsibility via the state. Mm -hmm. But it's it's these streets, these thoroughfares that I mentioned, Michigan, um, Keystone, uh, Meridian, uh, College, and, and they just use them and they go home. And, and the, the uh, state 
um, the, the state funding formula does not reward Marion County for hosting all of these vehicles, and we get on the short end of it. That's not fair to me. Not at all. Not at all. You're not paying. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree, Jane. 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. I think it comes down to what Representative Pryor was saying. Um, we, we've got to vote. And it's not necessarily a matter of winning everything. It's a matter of that's showing right. that you're there. It's yeah, a matter of right. showing that you exist. Because numbers, these folks respond to numbers. Politicians respond right. to numbers. And if there are numbers that are growing in certain areas that are, are you know, that are creating uh, a little chatter here and a little chatter there, people will pay attention to that. Now, will. yeah, and like I said, winning is part wonderful, but showing that you are there and showing that you are a force to be dealt with is even better. Yeah, yeah. Some, in a lot and, of ways, in a lot of ways. And mentioning uh, Representative Pryor real quick, if just – just half the people or even double the people who voted, say it was 20 percent or 25 percent last, uh, you know, uh, the, the last time we had a, uh, a legislature in federal election every uh, – uh, well, for the legislature every two years, for the federal government every four years. Let's say that we – well, every two years for the House. But let's say that we had, uh, you know, a double 25 to 50 percent. Let's say everybody who went last time brought somebody new with them. She said, according to what Representative Cherish Pryor said, that would make a huge difference. Even if it wouldn't give us a majority, she said we could stop a lot of stuff just because they wouldn't have quorums and stuff, you know, if we stayed away. That we could stop a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And that, that's, that, that's a hard point to get across. Yeah. That's a difficult thing. Yeah. Because people are, you know, they're focused on winning and losing. Yeah. But um, you got to leverage. You got to leverage yourself um, in a lot of ways. Uh, 317-972-3008. Henry, go ahead. How are you? Hello. Hi. Hey, hey, Henry. Hey, happy Friday to both of you, you and James. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. you. Hey, I like the dialogue this morning uh, because I've been thinking about, uh, <laughs> or this afternoon, I've been thinking about, this situation and there's some good input from all the people that have spoke uh, about the issue with our streets, uh, the infrastructure of our streets. And I, I do believe that, that this city is on the move. I think that we, we really, when we obtain the, we had the pacers back years ago and then we obtained the coats and now, you know, the track has even got more events. Mm -hmm. Things are picking up here in this city. I mean, it used to be Chicago, Detroit, and all around yeah. us. But this city is, is growing. I, I I appreciate the mayor for what he is trying to do. And I, 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 I don't like the I don't like the interference and I don't like the criticism of a man that's really trying to do in my eyesight, trying to do something for this city. And so what I feel is that the infrastructure is important. Uh, the, we do need to work on those streets. They had promised us some funds uh, specifically for the streets and everything, and I'm sure they're going to get it done eventually. But I had I just wanted to leave you with one thing. I had a friend of mine that we grew up together and worked together for a long time, and he had a dream one time of Indianapolis, uh, eventually, people are going to uh, want to flock to Indianapolis from the coast, from the east coast to the west coast, 
and one of these days in his dream, this is his dream, mm-hmm. would be a dome that's going to cover Indianapolis. Well, huh. we did get a dome downtown. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know what it was about that dream, but, uh, you know, I, that's just how I, that's my input on this city. And I, I believe that we've still got a lot of ways to go, but we're starting to get there. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it has grown, right, mm-hmm. Henry? It looks like it has grown a lot in the last 20 years. Yes. Henry? Oh, yeah. Okay. Still here. I get you. Still here. Still here? Okay. Yeah, uh, it's, it's grown in different ways, um, in, in different ways. Um, and, you know, I, I think we have to be mindful of that as well. So. Yeah. Uh, not just downtown. No, no, not just downtown at all. But uh, thank you, Henry. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, uh, yeah. okay. You guys have a good weekend. All right. Well, you, you too. You too. You absolutely. 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with love in the city of Indianapolis. A lot of people do live here and love Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great thing. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? James, did you hit your mute button again? <laughs> okay james okay ah we lost him there he goes there he goes call back james three <laughs> james knows the number uh 317-972-3008 317-972-3008 uh is our listener line that's our new number and we want everyone to know it you can call it 317-972-3008 open lines and we can review one of the other things we talked about this week um on community connection uh, was the fact that the uh, Marion County Public Health Department is asking, actually mm-hmm. urging. You're back? Are you back? Yeah, yeah I, I was saying hello. <laughs> what are gone you again. doing, James? He He's is gone. gone again. He is gone again. James <laughs> is getting happy over there. He's got uh, a case of the Fridays. He does. He does indeed. <laughs> so uh, when he calls back, we, we, we will welcome him with open arms. And... Uh, I think he's going to call back. But, uh, you know, I'm going to stay away from my buttons, okay? Okay. You over uh, there punching them buttons? <laughs> <laughs> this last time, the first time, I don't know what happened. But anyway, you were saying about. Um, yeah. The um, hospitals, just hospitals, hospitals in the county. Yeah, yeah. Masking uh, and all that. Okay. With, are urging people with mild uh, symptoms, mild illness symptoms, to avoid going to emergency rooms or emergency departments mm-hmm. at the hospitals. Um, after the hospitals are reporting a, a huge number of patients coming into the facilities, putting a lot of uh, places at capacity, um, and the increase is causing longer wait times for patients with more serious symptoms um, to receive the treatment that they need, the priority treatment that they need. And so they're asking, uh, the health department is asking if you're experiencing mild symptoms uh, like sore throat, uh, low-grade fever, or a cough, uh, to consider, you know, perhaps going to an urgent care, uh, maybe doing a tele uh, telehealth or tele what do you call it? Uh, telemedicine, yeah, some some sort of telemedicine uh, or what have you. Because again, uh, there's there's only so many people that can staff these emergency rooms and emergency departments, and Dr. Kane uh, feels as if the resources at these hospitals should be reserved for the sickest of individuals experiencing um, a medical emergency. So, um, yeah. That- yeah, but that, do you know what that tells us, don't you? 
that these respiratory illnesses in particular, RSV, the flu, mm-hmm. and COVID-19, um, they're, they're having a heck of a time, you know, combating these right now. They're on the rise. Yeah, they really are. They really, really are. And uh, it will be, I guess, until the end of March when things start to slow down. Yeah. Uh, so that advisory from the Marion County Public Health Department that we, we talked about um, a little bit earlier. Um the clinician-led community response team, James, uh, we had a really good conversation with them uh, yesterday. And again, our number, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. And, you know, to, to summarize what I got from them, what I got from the police department was, hey, they can have this responsibility. We welcome them. And what I got yeah. from them was we want the responsibility because police don't really necessarily need to be involved in these situations. You know, professionals should handle it. So um, I think that there's a mutual um, uh, a great mutual respect among the police and the, the unit that, hey, let, let the unit do their thing and take this off the plate of the police departments uh, because we have everybody has more than enough on their plates already. So... Uh, the fact mm-hmm. that this unit is uh, is is now a part of the you know the the dispatch system, and uh, dispatchers will know, uh, and are you know they're meeting once a week so that dispatchers can get trained as to how to uh, 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 you know implement or activate when, how and when to activate this this uh, this response team. So yeah. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, I. I felt really comfortable talking with them, and they were very much engaged in terms of uh, how it's all going to work and what they do and how they do it. Yeah, I was struck uh, listening to that by the, the 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 focal point on whether to assign them to a, a, a suspected case of uh, someone in mental health crisis. Uh, goes through the dispatcher, and that's why that training is critical. The dispatcher, as I understood it, correct me if I'm wrong, Tina, makes the decision. Yeah, the dispatcher to, makes the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As mm-hmm. whether to call the clinician-led community response team or mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. IMPD. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's the the rule where it's, if their lives are in danger, if, if the person has a weapon, I'm not sure, you know, if – what role they would have in situations like that, if any. Uh, but yeah, it was good information. I think if they can cut down on the number of calls that you have to send police officers to, um, that is a good thing. That is a good thing. And you resolve those things peacefully where nobody's hurt and the person who needs help gets the help as much as, as can be given, then I think that is a good, very good thing. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It, it is going to be. And like I said, they're pretty much uh, focused or, or, you know, placed uh, around the downtown area with some yeah. expansion into the east side. Uh, but the goal is to, to get to all four corners, north, south, east, and west of the city, um, uh, to be available to everyone uh, that's, that's in right. crisis. And, um, you know, hopefully, like they said, even with the fact that they exist um, and that they are being... Um, uh, called upon uh, mm-hmm. will probably help and go a long way in removing a lot of these stigmas toward uh, mental illness and mental health because you know when we look at the the police cases the the man that was was shot out of the tree the uh, yeah 
the the man that was uh, shot uh, as he approached uh, officers with a machete. Yeah, um, yeah, and and they had been on the scene there for what two three days. Uh, that one, yeah, two or three days, and there was a yeah. apparently uh, some kind of mental health professional. But she made a, you know, they made a good point too, though, that a lot of times the mere presence of police are, are, you know, they they're agitating, the aggravating, yeah, the the uniform, yeah. the the lights, uh, the, just everything is, you know, it, it can be stressful for us yeah. folks in mental health crisis, so. Um, the fact that, you know, non-threatening, uh, non-stimulating uh, uh, professionals can go and, and try to de-escalate these situations uh, is, a, is a plus all the way around. Yep, yep. Uh, people in mental health crisis are already, mm-hmm. in most instances, not all, making not good decisions, mm-hmm. wrong decisions, I'd say. So, yeah, if you bring somebody with a firearm there with authority mm-hmm. and authority to tell you what to do, and if you don't, then they can use uh, force that, yeah, that, that exacerbates sometimes the situation. Yeah, it absolutely does. So, um, yeah, well, so I was happy that we had uh, we got them on uh, this week as well. Um the uh the other thing we talked about this week let me see um uh, we talked about clinician led let me go look over here and see what we had um oh yeah we talked with of course we talked with uh, chief bailey impd mm-hmm. um and uh he you know he was uh he was pretty you know about as for you know the the impd that's what they did he's forthcoming i guess so uh, but he was yeah. very clear that he does not want to be chief, or so he said he did not want to be chief, and we, we talked about that. Um, right. Uh, so, but he does want to, I guess, help where he can help and contribute where he can contribute. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. like we talked about the other day, uh, he was charged by the mayor to do certain things, and uh, even, you know, in his stint as acting police chief mm-hmm. um, to, to start on these things. So we will see how, how, mm-hmm. how far he goes on accomplishing these tasks mm-hmm. that the, the mayor has, has laid out for him to do, you know, just in, in the time that he is uh, in there interim. Yeah. Boy, this just came across the uh, I, I'm little entertainment news here. Um, Remember uh, that uh, that case involving uh, actor Alec Baldwin out in uh, Santa Fe where uh, a photographer, a female photographer, was uh, killed uh, during a shoot uh, by a gun that was not properly loaded or what have you? Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie mm-hmm. Rust. The movie Rust. Well, yeah. apparently a grand jury has indicted actor Alec Baldwin. Uh, in that fatal yeah. shooting, yeah, and and the charge on involuntary manslaughter. Uh, this happened in 2021. He, I guess, apparently was walking away or thought he was going to be able to walk away. And I guess the grand jury said no. Um, special prosecutors brought the case before a grand jury in Santa Fe uh, months after receiving a new analysis of the gun that was used. Uh, Baldwin was the lead actor and co-producer on the movie Rust and was pointing a gun at cinematographer How How. Helena Hutchins uh, during a rehearsal and uh, when the gun went off, killing her and wounding director Joel Souza. Wow. 
says yeah. he pulled back the hammer but not the trigger and the gun fired. I don't know guns, so I don't know what that means. Um, so yeah, and apparently, yeah, I know. He, he, it was not supposed. To, there was not supposed to be live bullets in the mm-hmm. gun, and mm-hmm. there were. Um, and they tried to. They, um, I don't know who exactly tried to say it was mm-hmm. a. It, it, the bullets were accidentally put in there, but mm-hmm. I don't know that those people, all of those actors have a lot, particularly in Baldwin's case, have a lot of experience. And mm-hmm. uh, you ought to know when you've got no, live rounds in there and when you don't, they yeah. they don't look the same as, as blank. You know, what bothered me about that was his arrogance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his arrogance after the fact. I mean, there, there seemed to be, he was very contrite uh, and very arrogant. I mean, I, I think somebody may have told him it looked bad what he was saying and doing, and he later, you know, expressed concern for the, the woman and her family, but he was, he was pretty arrogant. Uh, you know, like, mm, you know, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm surprised they stayed after it. So there must've been something there involving him, uh, as both an actor and co-producer, because either way he's got responsibility as, you know, as co-producer and as the actor who had the actual weapon in his hand and fired it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, do you see, see it? Uh, he's charged with involuntary, involuntary manslaughter. manslaughter. Yeah, involuntary and, manslaughter. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. Tina, mm-hmm. I mean, here we go again. Um, you know, someone who's, who was, you know, I mean, he's not a huge star, but he's had his moments, and mm-hmm. he's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're, when you're mm-hmm. on top, you just cannot – uh, all the time, get away with what you think you can get away with. Uh, uh, does that bring somebody else to mind who's in the news quite mm-hmm. a bit right now? Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, yeah, it says a uh, grand jury in New Mexico indicted Alec, actor Alec Baldwin on Friday on a charge of an involuntary manslaughter, reviving the criminal case against him in the fatal shooting of mm-hmm. a cinematographer. More than two years ago, yeah, on the set of the film Rust, when a gun he was rehearsing went off uh, and killed her. Mm, so. Yeah, well, now it gets real, I guess. I yeah. Said, hey, uh, we have a couple of calls on the line. Stay if you are on the line, stay right there. We just got to work in another commercial, uh, but we'll be right back right after this. Our number three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we are back. James, now I'm going to ask you, are you back with with us? I am here, Oh, you are here. Okay. We love that. Uh, Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. Wrapping up, actually, we had a few more minutes left on uh, our Friday. Uh, started off uh, things really, really well with uh, Indiana State Representative uh, Cherish Pryor. Uh, and, uh, hey, uh, great food for thought, always great information uh, with Representative Pryor. Uh, and always happy when members of the IBLC, Indiana Black Legislative Caucus, um, stop in with us uh, at least once a week during uh, the session, be it long or short, and just talk directly to the community. So um, uh, we really appreciated having her here. Yes, 
Absolutely. Yeah. She brought a lot to the table. We appreciate that. Yeah, indeed. 317-972-3008. Back to the phone lines. Um, Anonymous, go ahead. How are you? Hi. Am I on the air? Yes. Yes, go ahead. Hi. Uh, yeah, I, 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 this gentleman, Jay Brubaker, has been on this show before about Circle City Clubhouse, but I want to add my personal experience with the clubhouse, if I may. Uh, the clubhouse is a non-for-profit that helps people with severe mental illness get their lives back to a meaningful work order day. Uh-huh. We don't, we're not structured around the clinical side of mental health. We specialize in the person achieving their own goals instead of people sitting around in group homes or even being institutionalized where everybody tells them what to do. At the clubhouse, we ask them, what is it that you want to do? What are your strengths? What are your abilities? And what do you want to accomplish? A lot of people with severe mental illness never get asked that question. They're constantly told what to do. Besides the medication that they receive, uh, being uh, a part of us being social creatures, everybody wants to be accepted, needed, and wanted. And they can get that at the clubhouse. And people bloom. People grow. People expand. They get employment. They go to school. They learn skills, they learn abilities, and things that they never thought they could do. Anything from mopping the floor to uh, going to college, whatever they can achieve mentally, we encourage that. And people, like I said, they expand. And uh, there's this particular, this is not new. This started in the 40s with John Beard and other people. He was in a mental institution, and this one gentleman he loved math. He was very well at math. Mm. So he took him down to the library, and the man just was a whiz at math. And then John Beer worked with him, and he realized that, hey, uh, maybe this potential for this man can grow. Mm-hmm. And the man expanded. He he realized that he could, could get out in the community and do things on his own by simply mm-hmm. uh, expanding his horizons. He turned on a switch that was close to the gentleman because – Mm-hmm. of the stigmas that are in the community with mental health. And they, you know, they were worse back then. Yeah. So he, he went in the community and he got a job. Yeah. He went back to school. So, I mean, there are possibilities uh, for so, people with severe mental illness. So let me ask you a question. Um, is the uh, Circle City Clubhouse in the network or working with uh, the uh, – the uh, clinician-led uh, community response team. Are are you one of the organizations that uh, is working with the, the response team, and are you an organization that uh, is part of the, the dispatcher's resources that they have? We would love to be a part of that. We're relatively new. We've only been here since 2015, so we're relatively new, mm-hmm. but we are welcome to be a part of that. Uh, it's a place where people can come, whether right. you've been right. in prison, incarcerated, or you are uh, just have a mental illness at home, wherever, and you have been uh, but, ostracized or yeah. been attacked. But have you uh, have you considered, I mean, uh, my, my question, the, the, you know that the response team is in place. Uh, have yes. you been in touch with them to add add to their list of resources your what your organization offers? Well, no, we're, um, we would love to get in contact that with them. Uh, we're working on that. Mm-hmm. We'd love to get in contact with them. If uh, they're listening, we'd love to get in contact with you to assist you in helping those with severe mental illness once they uh, 
become uh, relatively stable. Yeah, because yeah, community. because they make referrals. Uh, James, you, I don't uh, know if you heard it yesterday y- or not. But, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. If I, I did, uh, I, Tina, go ahead. No, I got a go, go ahead. Go ahead and ask your question. Well, my question is, uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful uh, report you're giving us here about Circle City Clubhouse. How do you help your clients to stabilize so that they can pursue? their dreams, so to speak, and, and be productive when other in other situations they cannot? How do you manage to, to get them to be positive and to move along? By simply asking them what they want to do and keeping the clinic, clinical part of the club outside. We, of course, you need your medication. Of course, you need to know what your mental illness is. And another thing, too, is that people have to accept that they have a mental illness. That's the stepping stone to recovery. And a lot of people won't accept that because of stigmas. And they just don't know. A lot yeah. of people are isolated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a place there's no stigmas, no isolation, no rejection, total acceptance. Mm-hmm. What you say, what you do is important to us. You're valued, you're needed, and you're wanted. And that's what they get when they walk in the door. We tell them, welcome home. And every, like I said, we're social creatures, and everybody wants to, to feel like they belong somewhere. And this is a place where people can go and feel that way, and they grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. the, um, you can get in touch with the, um, uh, the uh, clinician-led uh, response team um, if you just go to indy.gov. I'm looking up their uh, information right now. Uh, but oh, uh, I got it. Oh, you got it? Okay, okay. Yeah, let me get back to that page here. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might yeah, be talking to but if you can find it. Yeah. Um, I I had had that page on my head. I had it, too. I had a... Um, um, had... Yeah, let's see. Clinician-led uh, community response team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have got written it, rid of it, but... Um, I want to say, too, we welcome prayers, whatever faith you is. My personal prayer is I believe in Jesus Christ. It's my personal. So we welcome prayers. We don't want to be against oh, anybody in the church or mm-hmm. what have you. We welcome your prayers. We need prayers. Everybody needs prayer, and we believe it benefits the members. 317-941-7387 is their number. This is the number to Stepping Stones. That is the uh uh, the agency that is working in conjunction with the city's Office of Public Health and Safety. It's Stepping Stones uh, Therapy Center, uh, and their number again is 317-941-7387. I got that. I appreciate that. Thank you oh, very not much. A problem. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, one of the things that they said yesterday, James, was that they, you know, they wanted to network with more, out, you know, organizations that are out there because the wider their network, you know, the more folks they, you know, the more options they have. Um, yeah. And, and like one caller said when I was listening to it mm-hmm. to you yesterday, uh, yeah, yesterday was that it, any life that can be saved, uh, although, you know, no approaches is perfect. Uh, clinician-led community response team, uh, certainly IMPD in these circumstances, these situations. But if you can save one life, I think it's worth all the money that they put into that Mm -hmm. CLCR team. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, you know, like they said, just one. But I'm, yeah, the uh, CLCR, clinician-led community response team, 
uh, operated by Stepping Stones Therapy Center uh, in partnership with uh, the city of Indianapolis's Office of Public Health and Safety. Um, yeah, I think it's a winning combination. I, I yep. really do. And I wish that, you know, perhaps <clears throat> they could have been in, in place. Their hours have expanded, though, and that's that's a key right there because I think that was the problem with at least one of those uh, incidents that we talked about. I think that was yeah. the problem that they simply 20, just, yeah. 24-7. Yeah, they're 24-7 now. So. Although their their area that they serve is limited right now, they're, as you said, mm-hmm. thinking of expanding to the East District right now, they're primarily downtown. Funding, yeah. funding, funding, yeah. funding yeah. is always the case. So, James, what's uh, what's on the agenda for the weekend? What's going on? What's on the agenda for the weekend? Did I tell you last week what I did? Let me start there. Uh, uh, no, you I, didn't. I went to the play Perfect Storm. Oh, you um, did? How was it? Yeah, at that little theater on Mass Ave, uh, the district. Uh-huh. And it was fabulous. I mean, oh. those people kept getting standing ovations. Um, and they had just started this production in July, as I understand it. Um, and I was, you know, uh, was invited by uh, one of the playwrights, Alita Hodge, who we had on the program, mm-hmm. went down there with with my wife, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really good. It was about Indiana Avenue. Um, uh, 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 some of the actors had less experience, but there were some with a little more experience. Um, and the director, I mean, they all did an outstanding job. It wasn't that long, about an hour, five, ten minutes, um, and the place was, was sold out, and uh, uh, it was very, very good entertainment. I, you know, I don't know if they just had three dates, Friday, Saturday, and they had a matinee on Sunday. I, I hope that play comes back at the IRT or, or a little bigger venue so the people can see the story about the history of Indiana Avenue Ransom Place Lockfield Gardens and all of that historical area over there. Of course, the Walker Center is the anchor. Wow. And, um, you know, you can never have too much of the history. Anything that surprised you or it was just all overall good entertainment and history? Um, what surprised me was the, the, that the audience was, was uh, although this is about a black historical or African-American historical district, the audience was just as much non african-american as it was african-americans there were a lot of white people there and they thoroughly enjoyed it yeah not surprising Uh, yeah yeah um there's there's an appreciation among all of everyone uh for the the live theater arts i love live theater, and i was wanting to go but simply couldn't get it arranged couldn't get it worked into the schedule that night uh to go yeah you guys had that how did that go that that award of uh deon sanders your uh, uh that went president. very very well very nice uh the uh such an interesting uh uh just illustrious class of folks in in the uh in this year's uh 2024 uh recipients and uh dion of course received the amos brown uh community advocate award i think he was the first recipient of it that was uh you know named in honor of amos amos yeah and, well deserved um, yeah it was dion accepted that on behalf of um the entire station so yeah that went very well very, very and that was uh ended after recorder indiana minority business indiana magazine, minority right? Bi- yes 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 yeah uh, they uh award. they started that a little while ago and i tell you yeah. what it's been going gangbusters ever since it's <laughs> it's like yeah. the event for diversity equity and inclusion in terms of uh uh and and yeah. there are several because i know there are others that have uh, recognition but 
that one, I mean, there were more than a thousand folks there down at the JD. Oh wow! Yes, honey, there were more than a thousand. So, people as far there. as this week, you know, that, that was a good event. As far as this weekend, supposed to be, you know, cold. We're, we're yeah. getting that Arctic blast mm-hmm. for today and tomorrow, and then it's you know starts backing off on Sunday. It'll still right. be cold then, below zero for the high. Yeah. But um, so I'll probably, you know, not plan. To, and it shouldn't stop people, but I'll probably not plan to go too far Mm-mm. tomorrow, especially. You know it's cold um, when church gets canceled. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was happened last week. Last Sunday, our, our church was canceled, and I'm like, but you know, the, 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 the interesting thing is the good thing with churches, schools, and whatever that COVID, one of the, the, the silver linings, I guess, to the COVID cloud that hung over us for so long. Uh, was that we we found creative, effective yeah. ways to communicate regardless. And so, um, you know, we, we just had virtual services only, uh, even though, and that, that, Hey, that took care of, you know, getting the service. Yeah. Yeah. The service goes on. The service goes on and everyone, uh, you know, remains safe. Um, and, uh, you know, the same with the kids, uh, that are out of school. I, you know, I didn't think that there would be too many more school days with such, uh, uh, you know, such an emphasis on virtual learning and, um, e-learning and things of that nature, but uh, there still were some, you know, school closings and obviously delays and um, yeah. So, but the I think the ability to do to go to the e-learning uh, helps the calendar a little bit because there's days that they don't have to make up. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but James, we are gonna just scoot on out of here. Um, uh, AJ's giving us the the rap. So. <laughs> okay, is, is he throwing his finger in the air there? Uh, yeah, he's throwing his finger. He's he's a pro. He's a pro. He, he showed he showed us what we need to do, uh, and uh, so AJ, we're gonna we're gonna get on out of here in a little bit, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> AJ says, yeah, for it's sure. almost that time. Enjoy. You, the you got any plans for the weekend, AJ? I am going to be playing video games because I finally found a Nintendo sixty four. In good what? condition. Oh, and I'm gonna go buy it and sit down and teach my daughter how to beat Mario sixty four. So. Oh my goodness. You're gonna go you're gonna rock it old school this weekend. Yeah. Yes, I am. Wow. Well have fun. Have fun. So that is all of the time uh that we have for right now. We are always praise AM thirteen and ninety five point one FM Indies Inspiration. Don't forget about our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio. Your nephew, James. Uh, your nephew, too. Your nephew, <laughs> too, nephew AJ. Willie Moore. <laughs> Willie Moore. It's flat out Willie Moore. Uh, thank you, everyone, as always, for listening uh, and for joining our show. Don't forget, our new call-in number is 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. That's our new phone number, our new listener line. As always, everybody, please make sure that you are safe, well, and warm. Uh, this weekend. I'm Tina Cosby. For all of us here, this is Community Connection.